0: Hi, I cut off there a little bit, Um, which is good, because my neighbors are making a lot of noise, and this microphone picks up everything. (laughs) Uh, I don't know where I was, but um, continuing on. So published on Hobbes' return to England in 1651, Leviathan proved to be be highly controversial. Hobbes had hoped that his work would help to reform philosophical inquiry and stabilize England during a period of extreme upheaval ultimately saving civil society from a war of all against all. Instead, Hobbes soon found himself under attack from all sides. The, parliamentaries, the parliamentarians rejected his support for the right of monarchy to rule, Staunch royalists were offended by his dismissal of the idea uh, um of the idea of the monarchy being divinely appointed. and the church accused Hobbes of atheism on account of his criticism of religion interpretation, and his scientific rejection of disembodied souls and spirits. He is just getting it from everywhere. <laughs> Although Hobbes's Leviathan found few admirers, during its lifetime, it is nonetheless regarded as one of the most important contributions to, in the development of political science and his introduction of the theory of social contract greatly influenced future writers such as his contemporary John Locke and Jean-Jacques Rousseau. I don't know how to say that. I think I just mumbled all of that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, That was very interesting. I, um... I. I have to applaud somebody who's going to criticize the monarchy and parliament and religion all in one book and think that it's gonna I guess impact like it's going to be taken well when you're kind of just taking shots at everybody I've not mind you I've not read Leviathan I don't have any immediate plans to read it um who knows in the future um But yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, I do like that. (laughs) I found it a bit entertaining. So I guess it was happiness for me, not so so much for Hobbes. But it is very interesting to to note that um, critique uh, to that level is kind of something that has influenced political science students. um, And I study political science myself, and I find that incredibly interesting. However, I've not read it myself, and it was not part of my curriculum. Uh, Mind you, I didn't really pay attention, so there's that. Next one is Plato, 427-347 BC. You can discover more about a person in an hour of play than in, an, than in a year of conversation. Before we dig into what Elaine Stefan has said about this, I just kind of want to give my two cents on it. You can discover more about a person in an hour of play than in a year of conversation. Um I guess oh, it's written quite a while ago, but I guess play what he would mean is joking around with them. If that makes sense. So I mean yeah. That does that does, yeah. Because I'm gonna use myself an example here, as an example here. But I kind of see myself doing that quite a bit. As in, I, I, I think I'll, I'll judge, not necessarily judge, but um, my perception of someone, kind of is influenced by their sense of humor and kind of the things that they will um, make jokes out of. Now, I'm just kind of saying that because I think this is what the quote is trying to aim at, um, as in your sense of humor can give off psychological cues, um, subconscious cues about yourself that you don't necessarily know that you're giving off. Um, for example, someone who is sensitive yet teases their significant other which I do find myself doing quite a bit um, I can I can dish it um, but I am quite sensitive so I can't always take it I think I have to be in the right mood um, The thickness of my skin depends on what mood I am which is really weird um, Sometimes I can handle joking really well Sometimes it's like is that how you see me? <laughs> I, I get very caught up in the sensitivity of it. Even though it's just joking, but with intimate relationships, um, I do find myself being quite- Because I, if I love and care about you, I do want you to have the best opinion of me. Um, if I think that in any way you think I'm horrible or less than, or uh, I don't match up to your standards, then why are you with me? It always makes me... It always begs the question of... Why are you here then if your opinion of me is so trash? Um, I'm not adding to your life in any kind of way. In fact... If I'm seen as someone who is stupid... Or... Like if you see me as someone who is stupid at the relationship... Or... um, Thoughtless... Or... Mean... Or... Insensitive overly judgmental cruel harsh why why would you stay why would you stick around with someone like that like what is your aim and what is your purpose it always makes me it always begs the question that if you're with someone and your opinion of them is really trash why don't you just leave why don't you just walk away maybe they're on a different journey than you are you know maybe they're still learning about themselves and Maybe you kind of need someone who is on the same journey as you, on the same uh, level as you. So that kind of makes me always question and makes me always, you know, (laughs) I guess second-guess people's intentions. Um, But then again, I have to think like, okay, well, am I being too sensitive? They're, They're clearly, if they're joking, am I being too sensitive? Like, why? Is there something wrong with me that I'm not understanding their sense of humor? So there's always different perspectives and different aspects of looking at one specific thing. And I know I kind of went off on a tangent talking about relationships. And maybe that's kind of subconsciously that's what I really want to do. Is I don't know why I just kind of naturally d- dove into that. Because um, we are talking about quotes and happiness. But that that's just kind of the first thing that came to my mind was... Um, in a relationship scenario that really just came into my mind very quickly based on this quote, but we're going to see what Elaine Stefan has to say. After my sip of green tea, because, man, I'm thirsty. Right. Um, so he goes on to say, he talks about this quote, uh, the authorship of this quote, often attributed to Plato, remains controversial, as it does not appear in any of the great philosoph- philosophical philosophers surviving works <laughs> jesus <laughs> part of the issue centers on the fact that on the surface the promotion of play as being more indicative of truth than con- contra- conversation flies in the face of the dialectic method that plato held so dear for plato and socrates socrates truth was the highest ideal and you could and could only be arrived at the at the at, through the exchange of rational and reasoned arguments. The purpose of the dialectic method of reasoning is the resolution of disagreement through discussion with the aim of acquiring knowledge and establishing fact through the examination of assumptions. Instead, the quote seems to imply that people show their true selves more readily while playing than while conversing. It is certainly true that the nature, the natural ret- reticence All these new words I'm coming across. (laughs) And garden drops when one is engaging in pleasurable pursuits. However, the reverse could also be true, as competitiveness in games can drive human beings to behave extremely irrationally, exhibiting passions and motivations that may not be readily uh, discernible in everyday situations. Mm, That is a very good point. Plato also seems to be saying that people do not always do what they say, or, to use a well warned commonplace, practice what they preach. Perhaps, though, Plato, assuming for the sake of argument the quote is derived from him, is actually using the term play to describe indulging the human imagination. Children play naturally from an early age and learn about the world and society through uh, around them through imaginative play and imitation while their understanding of play is uninhibited by adult values and constructs. One of the greatest attributes of play is the opportunity it affords for learning to live with not knowing. Human beings learn through trial and error, and play is a non-threatening way to cope with new learning while still retaining self-esteem. In adulthood, human beings encumbered with other concerns forget how to play or indulge their imagination for its own sake. So perhaps Plato is here recommending we we rediscover the pure, uncorrupted sense of the self that only play can release and reflect. This doesn't solve the contradiction evident in the quote's seeming rejection of dialectical method, but is a comforting idea nonetheless. So, not necessarily the same example that I'd used. Um, I guess Plato's word word of choice play um was more literal than my choice um, of what i thought the word play meant he was using the word play as quite literally playing a game um the way the way that children would play with their friends um using imagination or games etc so it's very interesting to note that I immediately, with that quote, resonated in my mind um, with an example that was more relationship-based than more friendship-based, I guess, with the what the quote was implying. So that begs the question, Are relationships the root of what is causing sadness in my life? That's the difficult that's a difficult question to answer, I think. And not relationship in the term boyfriend, girlfriend, obviously. Relation in the term of relating to other human beings. My relationship with my family, for example. My relationship with my friends, past, um, in the past or present friends, friendship circles that I have. Friendship circles that I have had. Even in, in a professional setting, my relationship with my classmates, how I relate to them, how they relate to me relationships with my lecturers, how I relate to them, how they relate to me. So, in my mind, I guess I didn't intend it to be as one-dimensional as a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. However, that is how I chose to explain it. That was the more, I guess, current example that I had in my mind So that is very interesting that my mind immediately went to a boyfriend girlfriend relationship I guess with bearing mine in mind and using mine as an example, so it's very interesting to note I don't know what that implies. I'll be very honest. I don't know if I want to really explore that today because I I think my brain is just a little bit fried from all this talking and thinking (laughs) I did a lot of th- talking and thinking today. <laughs> um, I'm trying my best not to say um. <laughs> it's harder than it looks. I just have to just shut sh- sh- up <laughs> after a while. We're going to move on to the next one though because I do like this little train that we're on. It is it is getting us to uh, to think and to have these conversations. So that was really nice. The next quote is by Aristotle, 384 to 322 BC. Happiness is the highest good being a realization and perfect practice of virtue some can attain, while others have little or none of it. The term polymath is often used in a somewhat hyperbolic sense to describe a significant figure who excels in several different disciplines. In modern parlance, for example, a sports person who writes a newspaper column has an interest in current affairs and wins a televised ballroom dancing competition is often erroneously described as being a polymath. The phrase derives from the Greek word polymathes, meaning to have great and varied knowledge. In this true sense, Aristotle was a polymath. The sheer range and depth of Aristotle's contribution to Western philosophy cannot be underestimated. Aristotle wrote on subjects as varied as physics, metaphysics, poetry, theater, music, logic, rhetoric, linguistics, politics, government, ethics, biology, and zoology. While still finding the time to study under Plato, found his own academy, the Lyceum, and act as private tutor to the young Alexander the Great. Aristotle's main contribution to philosophy concerns his work on the study of formal logic, collected together in a series of texts known as the Oregon and the use of syllogisms. Syllogisms. There we go. (laughs) In deductive reasoning. (laughs) In basic terms syllogism syllogism <laughs> i don't know how to say this word oh <laughs> uh, is a method for arriving at a conclusion through constructing a three-step series of premises usually a major premise a followed followed by minor premise b via which it is possible to deduce a proposition c for example Major premise, all men are mortal. Minor premise, Socrates is a man. Conclusion proposition, therefore Socrates is mortal. In order for step C to be a viable logical proposition, step A and B must be true. Aristotle is often credited with inventing the form although in truth he was probably just one of the first people to explore formal logic in this manner. Especially the way in which logic must proceed to avoid fallacies and false knowledge. Aristotle's systemic approach to all of the disciplines to which he turned his inquiring mind displayed a love of classification and and definition. And it is possible that where words did not exist for philosophical phenomena, Aristotle simply made them up. The quote about happiness is the highest good comes from uh, Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics, a series of 10 scrolls believed to be based on notes taken from his lectures at the Lyceum. In the Nicomachean Ethics, Aristotle addresses the question of what constitutes um, a good and virtuous life. Aristotle equates the concept of happiness with the Greek word eudaimonia although this is not happiness in an abstract or hedonistic sense but rather excellence and well-being to live well then is to aim at doing good or the best one can for every human activity has an outcome or cause the good at which it aims to achieve if humans strive to be happy the highest good should be the aim of all actions not as the means to an end but As an end in itself. In this regard, Aristotle saw the pursuit of happiness as being a realization and perfect practice of virtue, which could not be achieved by applying reason and intellect to control one's desires. In his view, the satisfaction of desires and the acquisition of material goods are less important than the achievement of virtue. A happy person will apply conformity and moderation to achieve a natural and appropriate balance between reason and desire, as virtue itself should be its own reward. True happiness can therefore be attained only through the cultivation of the virtues that make human life complete. Aristotle also also pointed out that the exercise of perfect virtue should be consistent throughout throughout a person's life. To be happy takes a complete lifetime, for one's swallow does not make spring. The Nicomachean Ethics is widely considered to have a profound effect on the v- development of Christian theo- theology in the Middle Ages, largely through the work of Thomas Aqu- Aquinas, who produced several important studies of Aristotle that synthesized his ideas with Roman Catholic doctrines concerning cardinal virtues. Similarly, Aristotle's works had also had an important role to play in the early Islamic philosophy, where Aristotle was re- revered as the first teacher. Right. Interesting. <laughs> um I liked that. <laughs> I think I paused for a little too long there, but I I enjoyed that. Um, I think what I took away from that was (sighs) happiness. I guess is practice, and the practice is the practice of well-being gonna go back if i make sure i get this right practice of excellence and well-being i quite like that because it's not it's not saying or i guess he's not saying it's derived from hedonistic values because I guess that would imply hedonism would be your path to happiness. And I guess for everyone... For everyone it's different, right? I'm just trying to think about my own happiness at this moment. Because that is, for me, that is important. And I need to know that. I guess... That makes me feel a little bit better because it's kind of directing happiness more towards the 31-day challenge that um, I'm doing at the moment for self-love. And there's small practices, practices in excellence and well-being, I guess. And... It makes things easier to understand and consume. Uh, Happiness is not some far away lofty goal. It's attainable. (sighs) But I have to work at it. So on that note, I'm going to stop this um, reading for today because it's quite a bit. Head is hurting as you can imagine staring in front of a screen talking but thank you for sticking through this i know it's a lot to digest a lot to take in but i hope you enjoyed it thank you i'll continue reading later <laughs> bye